Do you find yourself saying you're too busy for Bible study? No more excuses. Now there's a way for you to participate in a 30-minute study from your phone, tablet, or computer from anywhere around the world. Aaron Olson of Sandalfeet Ministries teaches lunchtime lessons via Facebook Live every Thursday at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash sandalfeet. This podcast is recorded during the Facebook Live event for those who'd like to listen to the teaching again or help out in case you miss a week. So grab your lunch, your Bible, and a notepad before we begin. If you'd like to get Aaron's teaching notes, you can visit sandalfeet.org and click on Books and Bible Studies to see all the available free Bible study material. Hey, thanks for listening today, and we hope you tune in each week for Lunchtime Lessons. much for your patience today. I'm sorry that I couldn't be with you live, um, but due to the extreme weather in our area, our internet's being quirky, and Facebook is navigating their permissions uh, when it comes to apps and different things like that as it relates to Facebook Live, and so my camera and my Facebook Live are not speaking nicely together today. So um, I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to at least record a video for you, and then you can watch it back at your convenience. Now today is normally the day where I teach Bible study during lunchtime lessons from 12 to 12.30, but today's also another day in America. Today is actually the National Day of Prayer, a day in the calendar year set aside for people to come together as a nation to pray for our nation. Now, I grew up going to church. I grew up um, in a non-evangelical denomination, but I never heard about the National Day of Prayer. And honestly, I've only heard about it just a few years back, several years back as a part of my church. And, and so when I thought about it this morning, what can I teach you? What, I can't assume that everybody in my sphere of influence or everybody that I know, uh, everybody in America even knows about the National Day of Prayer. It doesn't get a ton of coverage, and if you're not looking for it, you might not hear about it, you might not see it on TV. Um, If you don't read the newspaper and you only get your news through Yahoo or through Facebook, um, they're obviously tailored to what you lean towards, and so you might not ever come across the National Day of Prayer. But I wanted you to know that this is a day every year that's set aside, the first Thursday of May, set aside every year for the nation to come together in a National Day of Prayer. Now, here's some interesting facts. If you go to nationaldayofprayer.org, you can also pull up these facts, but just to save you some time, did you know that the the first call of prayer was actually in 1775, and our founding fathers actually set it aside as a day of prayer um, to seek the help of the Lord as they were establishing our nation. Um, the Continental Congress asked the colonies to pray for wisdom in forming our nation. Now, in our, in our money and everything we have in God we trust is what our, our dollar bills say, what our money says. Um, our Congress, our founding fathers were Christian men who came to this country to escape what was happening in England. Now, they were escaping the oppressiveness of the religion there. It's a long history lesson in church history, but... And they were basically escaping that, and they wanted a more pure form of religiousness. They wanted religiosity. They wanted to worship God how they saw fit. Now, mind you, the freedom of religion was not that others may... They didn't initially seek to say that everyone else could have their own religion. The Founding Fathers were people who believed in God, who trusted in God, who prayed to God. This nation, America, was built 
one nation under God, God the Creator, Elohim, uh, the one who made it all, who knows it all, that God. And so when we sought out religious freedom, they wanted the freedom to worship God in the way that they wanted to worship God. They didn't want to be held down by what, say, the Church of England was doing. Um, and that was more of a lifestyle. That was more of, of, of the law as opposed to a free form of worship um, to God. And so when this, in 1775, when the Continental Congress asked people to pray uh, for Congress for, or for, to God as they form the nations, that's what they formed. That's what they wanted to do then. And that's what we continue to do. Um, did you know then that every president since 1952 has actually signed a proclamation for the National Day of Prayer? Every president since 1952, um, including our, our current president. And so um, in 1988, it was President Reagan who actually asked that it would be the first Thursday of May for this day to be set aside as a National Day of Prayer. Now, this doesn't mean that this is the only day of the year that we should come together as a nation and pray. We should always be in prayer. Every Sunday when you're together with your church body or every Wednesday um, or both, you should come together and pray for our nation. As you've seen um, throughout what's going on in the world, we tend to look at people, um, we tend to look at our, as our, at our politicians as the people who actually help our country get better. And sometimes we forget that it's actually God who is the one who makes our country better. I was thinking this morning as I was reading through the Old Testament, if, if God were to send a people, if, if America existed in the Old Testament and, and God was sending his Israelites into America, would we be a Christian nation? Would we be people who God knew as godly people or would we be a, a pagan land, a land whom God needed to conquer because of our gods and our idols? Uh, because we weren't worshiping God anymore. I, that really makes me think. Um, because we saw in the Old Testament what God did to the countries, the people who were not worshipers of God, people who were worshiping other gods, uh, sacrificing to other gods, sacrificing their children to other gods, living lives of immorality. And we saw what God did to them through his chosen people. And, and I know that now we live in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, where Jesus is our is our intercessor he interceded for us on our behalf he took our sin and our death upon him and for all those who believe on the name of the lord will be called uh, all who those who call upon the name of the lord will be saved um so jesus we are all able to have the opportunity to be saved and to be grafted into the family of god if we believe in jesus as our savior but we've also got to know that as a nation there are consequences for sin. Uh, we live in a broken world. We don't live, um, none of us, I don't believe, live in a city that doesn't have a crime, a city that doesn't have corruptness, a city that doesn't have addiction, a city that doesn't have abuse. None of us live in that kind of city yet. Um, the city in heaven, now that will be a place where there's no more sickness, no more death, no more sin. But right now we live here in the United States. Um, and for those who are watching around the world, you live where you live. And you have the same ability. Today is a National Day of Prayer in America. But what if you, Christian, in your country, wherever you might be around the world, gathered some of your friends and prayed for your nation, for your cities, for your families, 
for the people around you to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That's the most important thing. Because of, as, as I've mentioned before, as we went through these Pauline letters, that it's not religion, it's not Jesus that changes social structures. He is not a political person. But what he does is he changes our hearts. And as our hearts are changed, society changes. Um, if we can love one another better, there's not going to be as much fighting. There's not going to be as much killing. The Bible says in Revelation that as the end draws near, people will go against people. Mothers and children will go against each other. Fathers, uh, children will kill their parents. And we see that every day. And it's, it's disheartening. And it's only increasing at a very quick pace. The one fun fact that they have, they have some fun facts on this, on this website for National Day of Prayer. It said, 35 of the 45 U.S. presidents have signed proclamations for national prayer. Three of the presidents who did not sign a proclamation died while serving in office. Two presidents not included in the count, William Howard Taft and Warren Jamal Harding, signed proclamations for Thanksgiving in prayer. So we know what happens when we don't pray. Like I said, I was reading through the Old Testament today and I was in Joshua and this is when uh, Joshua had already moved in. They had just conquered the people of Ai, and they were moving on, and all of the nations around them heard what, what was going on, what the Israelites were able to accomplish because of God. They all feared the Lord. They didn't actually fear Joshua and his army. They feared God because they knew that God was the one who had said that Joshua would take the land. And so there was this group of people that decided they were going to lie to Joshua and the people so that they could be protected, hopefully. And what did Joshua do? So they came, the Gibeonites, <clears throat> the Gibeonites came and, and acted like they were wanderers. You know, they had worn out sandals and staley bread and, and all of these things. And basically just coming and saying that their lowly servants uh, will be your servant and all of that. And, and in Joshua, <clears throat> Joshua 9, 14, it says, so the Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord. So what they did is they examined the food. They saw it on face value. They said, oh, okay, these people look like they're wanderers. They're, you know, they're not any risk to us. Risk to us. And they're saying that they're going to be faithful to us. They're going to be faithful to God. And, and so Joshua and his people said, okay, we'll protect you. And what they didn't do is they didn't consult the Lord. And consulting the Lord is prayer. And and what happened? They were tricked. And, and so they didn't do exactly what the Lord said. And they didn't ask the Lord, are these people being truthful? Because if they had, Joshua had access. Just like Moses had access to God, Joshua had access to God. And he could have asked him, you know, God, is this, are these people being truthful to us? You, you know, you said that we needed to conquer everybody. Is it okay if we don't conquer these people? And God would have said, no, I told you, you do it. And hopefully Joshua would have, would have obeyed. But what they didn't do is they didn't consult the Lord. And there were consequences for that lack of consultation with God, that lack of prayer. Um, but we also see other times throughout the Bible where prayer was important. Um, a couple months back, I wrote a, a blog about prayer changing things. Now, oftentimes after acts of terror, for instance, um, what we've seen a lot lately um, I've seen headlines such as these, prayer isn't working. Thoughts and prayers are nice, but they aren't going to change things. God isn't fixing this. 
And these were some of the sentiments after the Manchester bombing and after, um, after the massacre in Las Vegas. And every time after that, and, and today, the National Day of Prayer, I'm quite certain there will be some people groups who pick up on, oh, look at those Christians again, just coming together and gathering in prayer, and what is that gonna accomplish? And there'll be some mocking, but really they're not mocking us who pray, they're mocking God. And so their judgment will come, and hopefully God will convict their hearts and soften their hearts to see who God is for real, up close and personal, before it's too late. Um, but it doesn't matter what the naysayers say. Jesus said that people will hate us, but it doesn't matter what they say. It only matters that we do what God has commanded us to do. And I, back in February, I wrote in my journal, my prayer journal, I wrote this, Lord, what must we do to end the carnage in America? What can we pray? pray? Lord, it does not seem right that our children fear mass shootings while at schools and movie theaters, at concerts or at church. What can we ask of you? Lord, lift the obsession of weapons in our land and violence. Lift the spiritual darkness. Lord, don't you allow people to mock the power of prayer. Lord, show us your promises. Bring to mind the things you have already spoken to come in your word. And that's what I wrote. I had a heart, I had a burden for our children, most importantly, the people who are, we are going to leave this land to once I'm gone and once you are gone. What are we leaving for them? What kind of legacy? I know just in the last decade, the darkness in America has become even darker. And I fear that as days go on, unless the darkness lifts, it's only gonna get tremendously worse. And I know, like you, maybe we do want Jesus to return. Maybe that's what is to come sooner rather than later. But I also want to be able to experience life. I want to be able to watch my children grow into adults. I want to be able to age gracefully. I want to be a part of this world for as long as I can. So I don't want to usher in Jesus's return too quickly if that's not God's will. But what I can do in the meantime is to pray that the spiritual darkness in America be lifted. And so how do I know what happened when Moses, during the plagues, when Moses was asking Pharaoh, to get out of um, Egypt, to let his people go. God sent this series of plagues. And every single time, Moses was told that he had to pray for Pharaoh. Moses had to stop every time. When the plague was happening, it wasn't God who stopped it immediately. It was Moses who asked God on their behalf. He interceded on the behalf of the wicked Egyptians to say, okay, God, that's enough, let it, let it stop. And then God moved on to the next plague. And then Moses would say, Lord, let it stop. And then the next plague. And so Moses, he interceded for his people and he interceded for those who were trying to oppress him. The people, the rulers who were in charge of bringing the darkness upon the land, he was praying for them. And that's what you and I need to do. We need to be praying, not only for the safety of our families, we need to be praying for immediate needs, of course, but we also need to be seriously in the business of praying for our nation. We need to pray that our leader, the one whom God has placed in the White House, we need to pray for him. We need to pray that his heart is so in tune with God that he hears from God in all his ways. Now, regardless of what he's done in his past, and this is not a political statement, but whatever he has done in his past, only God can transform that heart and cleanse that sin. So we've got to stop focusing on the sins of the past and focus on where we want our future to go. 
And if we are so hard-hearted that we can't pray for our president, this country will go nowhere and we will stay disunified. The scripture this year for the National Day of Prayer comes from Ephesians 4.3. And it says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Now this Paul wrote because he was talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. He was trying to say that in the spirit, once you become a believer, we're all one and the same, no matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. Whatever you were before Christ, you are all one in Christ, united in the spirit. And that's what we need to remember. We're praying for unity in America. And, and I've gotten a little frustrated over the past few years because um, our proclamations on the National Day of Prayer are invited for all faiths to pray uh, for this nation. And I'm gonna say right now that I don't believe that. I believe that it's only a call for Christians to pray to the God of the universe. Those who believe in Jesus Christ, the intercessor for us, those are the ones who have the rightful access to God on his throne to intercede for America. Everybody else can pray to whomever they want, but they are praying to false gods, false idols. And we've got to be careful that if uh, we are not praying in unity as Christians, other people could be praying and our land will still be contained and contaminated with false gods and idols that do not belong in this land and that are reason for some of our issues in this land. We've got to come alongside one another, Christians, and we've got to be fervent in prayer. If we don't pray and others are lifting prayers to their gods, um, our prayers will be hollow in heaven and they will not be numerous. We have to be fervent in prayer. We have to make it a daily practice to pray for our nation. And sometimes I forget, if I'm being honest, completely honest, I pray for my family, I pray for those on my prayer list, I pray for um, you know, issues and needs and things like that. And, and I often do forget to pray for our nation. Um, sometimes I am only burdened when something tragic happens. I'm only burdened when I see darkness upon the land. Um, but I need to remember that I need to pray. And today is a great opportunity for Americans to come together and pray to God, the one who sits on the throne in heaven. Um, and we need to do that as a unified body. Um, I pulled up, there are so many verses in the Bible about prayer, about what we need to be doing um, in prayer, why we pray, why it's important. Um, I found at least, I have a stack, <laughs> at least a hundred Bible verses about prayer, and there are so many more times that it's mentioned about an act to do, um, right? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. That's Philippians 4, 6. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Mark eleven twenty four. therefore I tell you whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Are we believing that we'll receive um, the goodness of God if we come together as an American people and pray that there is calm on our streets and unity within our people? Um, we need to first be unified within the church uh, before it can spread to others. We need to make sure that we're praying for one another regardless of denomination. We need to make sure that um, we're believing in faith, that God can change things. Um, if God could get the Israelites out of Egypt, I mean, they were stuck in slavery. 
but God delivered them. He parted the Red Sea. It wasn't the only time he parted a body of water. When Joshua entered the land, he had to part the, the river as well. He had to hold back the waters. In Joshua, the sun stood still during the battle um, so that they had longer in the daylight hours to conquer their enemy. God is a God of miracles, and we have to have faith to believe that God can still and will still do miracles. Um, we're just not, might not be asking, or we might not be hearing from him. Um, people are doing miraculous things in America um, with spreading the gospel, with sharing Christ, with empowering and equipping uh, believers and new believers and, and bringing in um, unbelievers into the believers uh, family. So they're doing amazing things, but we're not talking about it enough. We don't hear about these things enough. I would challenge you to pay attention and get on the radar so you know how to be praying for these people. Right here I have a stack on my book, on my thing um, of books. They're all prayer. They're all books on prayer. I mean, the best book on prayer is obviously the Bible. It tells you what to do and how to do it. But so many people have written great books about prayer. Um, but what I love is Sharon Mullins. She's the mother of a friend of ours who's a worship leader, Catherine Mullins. Um, she has a married last name, but Catherine Mullins. Um, shifting the spiritual atmosphere. It's basically 30 days, 30 prayers, 30 minutes. And she writes some amazing prayer points. And then you journal it and you write, what is your prayer for the day? And some of these prayers are amazing because I've watched prayers being answered in the entertainment world. Um, in our nation. I mean, some of these prayers that I prayed are hard prayers. They're not like, God, make everything fluffy and, and nice in our nation, but expose the sins of our nation. Because if we're not exposed to our sins, we can't repent from our sins. Um, if we just thank God, come and save our land, well, we haven't repented for the sins that we've done, right? Second Chronicles 7, 14 says, if my people will humble themselves and pray. If we, in humility, we repent of our sins, we repent of our pride, our idolatry, and all of those things as we chase the American dream while we push others down. But I prayed some really tough, radical prayers, you know, change my heart, break my heart for what breaks yours, Lord, um, and really mean it. You know, when I look at people who are different than me or who are facing challenges that are different than me or things that I don't understand, like 20 years ago, you didn't hear about these sorts of things, but now today we are, and we're having to have these hard discussions. Um, what does that mean? And how can I pray for that person? What is it? Why are they different from me? Why? What can I do to come alongside them and help them? How can I pray for them even if I never ever meet them? How can I pray for that person or that people group? How, how can I do that? And that only comes through having a prayer heart, a heart that intercedes. It says in the Bible too that the Holy Spirit will pray on our behalf, that you know, he'll pray through groanings when we don't even know what to pray. So sometimes if, if you don't know what to say, um, because maybe only the thoughts that come out of your mind are just not good thoughts, release those to the Lord and, and just say, Holy Spirit, I don't know how to pray for this people group. I don't know how to pray for people who are battling this. I don't know how to pray for this mess in this city. I don't know how to pray for somebody like this young boy here local to us that was planning a mass shooting in a suburban mall. How do we pray for people like that? And sometimes we can't because our hearts are sinful and our flesh isn't willing. 
but the Holy Spirit is. And if we just can move over and allow the Holy Spirit to, to come in and do His work in us, and just say, Holy Spirit, you've got to give me the heart. You've got to give me the words. Help me see that person as you see them. And if we can continually change our heart and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can shift the spiritual atmosphere in America. We can do it. Um, it is possible. And that's why the National Day of Prayer is so amazing, that it comes um, to the forefront where people are going to gather together tonight. It'll be broadcast at 7.30 Eastern, I believe. Um, the, the call to National Day of Prayer and some of the events. If you go to nationaldayofprayer.org, they will uh, also walk you through the events and the history and all of that of the National Day of Prayer. But let's be in a continual season of prayer. Let's really fight the dark atmosphere in America and shift it. Let's fight it wherever you might be. Maybe you're in the Middle East. Maybe you're in Africa. Maybe you're in Europe. Wherever that is, you can fight for your nation as well. It's not just an American thing, but today the National Day of Prayer is set aside for Americans to come together in unity, in faith, praying to the one true God, the God who reigns most high, uh, the one who created the universe, that even the rocks will bow down and worship him if we fail to, the Bible says. We pray to that God. We seek him for direction, for guidance, for protection um, in our country so that we can fear him not man, and that we can move forward on the right path and get America back on the side of um, a God-fearing nation, a nation that we are no longer. Um, we were at one point one nation under God, but we have slowly, slowly over time drifted. And we are a nation with many gods. And that is not good in the sight of God. And we need to purge our land of gods. And, and we only do that by sharing the gospel. We only do that by praying for our neighbors. We only do that by reaching the lost. That's the only way we can eliminate those gods today. Um, and we need to do it. I'm also, uh, last year I started a national prayer walk your neighborhood, and that's at the end of this month. It's the last Saturday. It's the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. I believe this year it's the 26th. Um, but really just to encourage you and your neighbors and your family to get out and actually walk your neighborhood. On my website, sandalfeet.org, there are some prayer points on there just to give you, like, what do you pray for in your neighborhood? What, how do you pray for your neighbors? That instance that I just gave about that young boy, he's a high school senior, um, the neighborhood was shocked, um, you know, that this was going on in their neighborhood. This is a suburban middle class, upper middle class neighborhood in America. And this boy was filled with hate and had pledged allegiance to a terror group. And he was living in a dark place right next to neighbors, many of whom are Christians. Um, and he was planning an awful thing. So how can we walk our neighborhoods and how can we pray for our neighbors? How can we pray for the children in the homes of these families? Um, how can we pray for parents to be better parents? How can we pray for children to um, actively pursue Christ? How can we pray for our city officials and our policemen and our firemen and women? How can we pray for them as they protect and watch over our cities? How do we do that? And that starts with prayer, gathering together, praying with one another. So thank you so much for joining me today. I apologize if this was not live, but um, I hope you will tune in. And not next week, I will be out of town on a ministry event. But the following week, we will be back and we will start in the book of 2 Timothy. I hope you have a blessed day. and I hope to hear from you about how you prayed for your nation today.
Thank you.